Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 59, Minute 59. It's Dan, everybody. Chris found Billy's body hanging in front of the front door. You know, I didn't mention last time how... Well, I'll mention it this time. But Chris has run into the kitchen, past the killer, and the killer is uh, hopefully after her. I hope he's not sneaking around. And uh, Chris has found another butchery knife in the drawer. Let's hear what's happening. You're probably just going to hear music for a minute, folks. I hope you can see this. Um, but let's let's dive in. I keep saying that this episode is going to be the shortest episode, but this episode is probably going to be the shortest episode. Maybe I'll do that just for fun, right before we hit uh, minute sixty. Let let me let me make this uh, our shortest episode. Would you join me for our shortest episode? Welcome to the shortest episode of the Last Slumber Party Minute, hosted by Daniel R. Budnick. That that was my that's my theme song, Idiot Noises. This minute ends with the fourth appearance of the shot that we all love, but uh, with, with the uh, iconic shot. We you heard me in the last last minute saying that. This minute is basically Chris, yeah, has taken another sort of butchery knife out of the drawer. Oh, I got to tell you my cutlery story uh okay so this minute will be a little longer than i thought she she turns and looks and this is nice she actually turns and looks through uh into the living room and you see the living room and the tv has the 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 lines flashing across it which say very much like this was film shot on film and she runs to the back door uh, which where she was at earlier, and she saw the the guy's uh, car truck parked out in the driveway, and um, there's uh, she can't get the door open for whatever reason. I think there's something else going on here. That's weird that she can't get the door open. She could before, like the chain is down, you know the chains are off. Yeah, Egypt. No, wait, I got that wrong. Um, forgive me. Uh, yeah, what? Uh, but yeah, the chain. But she can't get the door open. And then the minute ends with her turning and looking sort of very pensively at the camera. 
and it's very close up on her, and she's lovely. Oh, she's she's just ugh. I love a redhead, and um, uh, and I do love Chris. Uh, and for all her faults, um, for in her inability to get out, her inability to get out of the house. She couldn't leave the house earlier, when when um. Oh, it's interesting. I wonder. Okay, well, well. Let me finish the saying what the minute is, because then she turns, and then you get that shot again. The the um, scalpel in focus with blood at at the front of the the uh, at at the uh, foreground of the frame, and the killer in the background. And I think we are actually in the place where this shot takes place. So that means, pardon my French, shit's going down, Jack. Shit's going down. So. But I like the fact that she goes out of the house and then she comes back in, and at, when she comes back in is the point where when she where 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 when where she discovers I guess where when might kind of work that could be a word where when um, I've been attacked by a where when uh, where she discovers that something is happening so uh, there's a killer in the house but the moment she discovers there's a killer in the house she can, you do you remember cuz the door shuts and after after she sees Lynn, and she like gives a look out through the window and it's suddenly at that moment she can't get out of the house for whatever reason she can't get out of the house maybe this is a supernatural like zombie hungen the Hungan was uh, <coughs> that was me doing my Jack Palance and and suddenly coughing a lot. I was I was actually going to do the Hungan um, cover the Hungan on uh, for this, which I could talk about for a thousand hours. But just last slumber party kind of grabbed me as something I would like to do uh, uh, more immediately. And and if you're at this point in this. Um, and you um, see what I did here with these episodes, and you don't want to come to my house and kick me in the crotch. I hope we're having a good time. I think we're having a good time. But, but yeah, there. Uh, I don't even remember what the hell I was talking about. Yeah, there. There is a weird thing where Chris can't get out of the house because it's you see her try the door the chain is down she can't get out and then you see her um like uh we're in the kitchen and there's like a doorway where the the little hallway is where the the exit is and there's maybe another room or something and you see chris kind of walk into that space and then the minute ends with the killer's scalpel up and you're like oh yeah i didn't finish the word I didn't finish the word, but that's that's the way this minute ends. It looks like it's going down. Minute fifty nine. We've got what twelve minutes left. It looks like the big exciting. Um, uh, it's going to happen. You know, it it it's not as loud as bombastic as say Iced was, and it's not as slightly confusing as say Night to Dismember was, and it's not as um, oh, it's over as Blood Lake was. But yeah. Yeah, it looks like this is this is about to happen, Jack. Look, just let me go. This is the let me go off on a tangent here, uh, just for a moment, because uh, I said I was trying to make this our shortest minute, but I just want to say, yeah, in the summer of nineteen ninety three, I sold Cutco cutlery, and this is actually 
a story that I realized will take a long time to tell, and I don't really want to tell it now. But I will say it was one of those things like, make tons of money selling knives, and it's going to be great. And then you go, and you're like, they get you so cooked up. You know, it's like you're in the room with a bunch of people, and it's like... Um, uh, it's it's like this this weird thing where it's like you know it's like they keep playing like taking care of bit taking care of business and you're like you're moving around you going this is gonna be the best and they're like you got to sell this amount of cutlery and then when you do you'll get this um, percentage of commission then you sell this amount and then you get a higher percent and then you go but but you realize what it is is sort of that they pull all these people in. And you have to get your own people. There are no contacts. So what you do is you contact all your family. And you sort of sell that first level to your family. Then you get to the second level where you can make a little better money. And you're kind of going out on a limb. And you don't have as much family anymore. And then I got to the third level. But by the time I got to the third level, I was at the space where I was people I didn't know who didn't give a crap. And my salesman skills are for garbage. And I would, you know, it was like, okay, I'm driving an hour out to this house. And I'm going to spend an hour and a half there showing them this cutlery. And then they say, well, think about it. And I said, well, maybe you should want to buy some. Nut. And it was like, so I go away with nothing. But the problem was that they pitched it as you will make a certain amount of money a week working for us regardless, regardless of what you sell. So it was like. I don't know, this was 1993, you know, it was something like, you'll make like $300 a week, I know, I know, it was 1993, you'll make, you automatically make $300 a week, regardless of what you sell, so if you sell 150, you'll make 300, if you sell 450, you'll get that 450, it's going to be awesome. But, of course, the problem with all of that was that, in the end, that was a lie. You only got paid for the stuff that you sold. And it was a shitty, shitty job. I left out the two letters in there, so I didn't actually swear. And forgive me, my dog is, is, is coughing right now, and I can't go to leave the room because I'm on a roll here. But, yeah, it was a, it was a strange job, and it wasn't a, wasn't a pleasant job. But I got to know a few people. In there, uh, a, a few people here and there. There was a there was a very nice gal who was like a cheerleader at a local school, and there was like a, a mom and, and some some older gentleman who was like uh, uh, was just trying this out. But in the end, in the end, it was funny. You could tell it was garbage because one day after doing this for three months and making almost nothing and having to take another job, I came in with my sort of. Uh, pouch of like all my stuff and I said I gotta turn this in I'm you know I'm not uh, making the kind of money I thought I would be and you guys aren't actually like sending me checks to um, fill in the gaps for like the 200 300 whatever the heck it was and like the guy who at every meeting was like we're gonna do it taking care of business leaping around he just looked at me from his desk and he was like okay yeah let me look yeah, everything's here. Okay, sign this. All right, we'll send you your final check. And I was like, oh my God, that's depressing. Oh my God, that's depressing. <laughs> now, I don't mean to bring it down, but beware. Beware, folks, beware. And who knows, you may be listening to this, or I may have edited this out of this episode, trying to keep it short. I want to keep it here, though. Rock it.